0: Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that we are here in church to worship you, to see these baptisms, to hear professions of faith. Thank you that we have the opportunity to go through your word. Lord, I pray today as we dive through John 10.10 and we look at this, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds, that we'd be challenged by your word, but we would also be encouraged. And Lord, I pray today that it would be your words and not my own. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that we could have life and life in abundance. And who doesn't yearn to be satisfied and have a satisfied life infused with contentment and joy? Bookstore shelves are filled with thousands of titles such as Your Best Life Now, Your personal code for living better, happier, more successful, or better than that, right? Better than good, creating a life you can't wait to live. And maybe you've read the book, The Life You've Always Wanted. But the problem is, as we all know, the many times that we go through life that we actually see things that trip us and knock us down. So, how can we capture the abundant life Jesus promised and experience life? to its best. Well, I really believe that God's word provides that answer. My hope today is that we will leave service with a better of an understanding of what the abundant life is all about. That we would have the desire to live the way God has called us to live and to experience the joy that comes with that. My hope is that we would see life without Christ is worthless. And life with Christ is the most satisfying and incredible experience. Anyone could have. My hope is that you will see that Jesus changes everything. So what is the abundant life? The abundant life is living life to its fullest. The word abundant in the Greek, and uh, excuse me for my Greek. My Greek, I didn't do well in seminary in Greek. But the word here is persin, persin, meaning exceedingly very highly beyond measure more a quantity so abundant as to be considerably more than what one could expect or anticipate so this word in greek for abundant means so much more than we could even describe even the definition itself is talking about something being so more uh, something so much more greater than we can even think of so when we read about this abundant life and having life to the fullest or this abundant life, what we're reading is that Jesus has a life for us that is greater than we could ever even imagine. When the Bible tells us that we are to live our lives abundantly, it's not talking about, I think, what people might think. So let's let's head there first. I'm afraid that some people think having an abundant life, when I say that, it means having a really good paying job or having a home, having a vacation home, going to the best school, being powerful or well-known, or being extremely wealthy. That's the abundant life that you might be thinking. But according to God, that's a little bit different. By world standards, that might be the abundant life. And again, all these things might be good, but they themselves do not impart the abundant life Jesus is talking about. There are Christians who have none of these things, right, and they don't have good paying jobs. There are Christians who don't have a home. There are Christians that are just hoping to have enough clothes for the next week, right? But they know and they experience the abundant life. I think about, Bible, think about the Bible characters. I think about people who followed Jesus. I think about Paul, right? When he started following Jesus, he didn't have a bunch of things. If anything, he lost it all. I think about people that I know personally who love the Lord with all their heart, might, soul, and strength, and yet don't have the things the world would say would be abundant living. And that's because abundant life is different than what we think. I think for all Christians, the abundant life looks a little different. Jesus promises us a life better than we could ever imagine. A concept uh, reminiscent uh, that we see actually in 1 Corinthians. And it, it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And the Apostle Paul tells us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And he does it by his power, a power that is at work within us if we belong to him. When I look at this abundant life, it is different for every single one of us, but it's better than we could ever imagine. It's something that you couldn't fathom. The abundant life is living the life or living life to its fullest. I think about where I'm at in life right now because I would say that I am living the abundant life. You might look at me and say, Justin, yeah, I don't think you are. Um, Why would you wear that shirt? That's not abundant. No. <clears throat> I look at my life and I look back and I, and I remember what my plans were going out of high school. Coming out of high school, I believed that God wanted me to be a lawyer, okay? And not only did he want me to be a lawyer, he wanted me to be a Portuguese lawyer, okay? <laughs> now, if you talk to my parents, they'll tell you that I can speak Portuguese, but just not very well, Okay? And as I got into college and started taking classes, some Portuguese classes, I became very aware of that too. (laughs) But as I continued through my walk and asking God, what are you doing? What do you want me to do? And started giving my will to him and trying to follow his will, I found out that God wanted me to be a pastor. He wanted me to get into ministry. He wanted me to hang out with junior high and high school students all the time. Right? And so again, some of you are thinking, that's not abundant life, Justin. You're confused. (laughs) But again, the abundant life is different. And then seven years ago, God called me out of Los Banos, out of youth ministry. And He said, Justin, I want you to go to Turlock. And I remember saying, God, nope, Turlock has enough churches. They don't need me. And we're saying, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I trust you. And those seven years were so life giving the people that I met, the opportunities I had to worship with other believers, the opportunities I had to disciple men, children, the opportunities I had to speak into lives about who Jesus was, was the most filling thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And to today, here in Chowchilla, right? God calling me to the abundant life here Months ago, I was not looking for a position. I didn't think I was gonna be out of Turlock. I thought that was, that was final, I'm gonna be in Turlock forever. I love Turlock, but God had other plans, and he called me out, and I'm here today because I want to live the abundant life. I want to live life to the fullest, and that means going where God calls me to go. So again, what's so special about your, my life? In worlds, in the world's um, standards? nothing. But in his purpose for my life, it has been the most exciting ride that I could ever imagine. And let me a, a pause and just be clear for a second here. Living a life to the fullest doesn't mean everything will be great. There are many things I can go back in my life and say, "This was hard. This was rough. Okay. Living a Christian life does not mean you live a perfect life and everything's good. However, when you are living in the abundant life, living life to the fullest, when these hard things come, you are holding on to Jesus so tight that even when it hurts there's still joy and there's still peace. The abundant life is living life to its fullest. And for ev- uh, living life to its fullest and for everyone That looks a little bit different. So the question is, how do I get the abundant life? How do I live life to the fullest? Well, the first is this. You want to live life to the fullest? You need to know Jesus. You need to know Jesus. That's probably a pretty common one. You guys could have guessed that. But look at uh, John chapter three, verses 14 through 16. It says, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the wildness, and so must the sun be lifted up, And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The only way to have an abundant life is to have eternal life. And eternal life comes through faith in Christ as your personal Savior. There is no other way, no other name, nor any other religion whereby anyone can be saved. It is only through Jesus, can you experience eternal life and then the abundant life? Christ came, though, that we might not just have eternal life, but as in John 10 says, life abundantly. All believers have eternal life, but not all believers have abundant life. Let me say that again. All believers have eternal life, but not all believers have abundant life. And you might be thinking, well, as long as I'm saved, that's good enough for me. But here's the problem. You're living beneath your privileges. That is, if you are a believer and not enjoying the abundant life, you're living beneath your privileges. This reminds me of my son, Callan. We went to Disneyland when he was three years old. So another Disneyland story, sorry. And... I remember we walked in and, you know, we got our tickets, got the stroller through. It's kind of a madhouse when you do that. But I remember walking in, we see the the big Mickey Mouse head. And we're like, yeah, we're in here. It's exciting. My kids are all excited. And then we get through those little tunnels on the side. I think they're tunnels. And then you kind of get into Main Street, right? And in Main Street, there's like a little park. And that's like the first place you can buy churros and those kinds of things. I know where all the churro places are, by the way. Um, (laughs) And I remember we got there and we said, okay, let's get situated. Let's get all of our stuff together. So we get all of our stuff together, and my son, Callan, is looking down at some flowers next to a tree. And he's just looking at them, he's staring at them, and he's just smiling and laughing. And I'm like, okay, Callan, hey, let's go. This is uh let's let's go into Disneyland. There's so much things to do. And Calan's like, no, Disneyland, we're here, you know? And he's staring at these flowers. And I said, Okay, okay, well, let's give him another minute. So Ashley and I give him another minute. And three minutes go by, actually, and the kid is still staring at these flowers like he's never seen a flower in his life. We have flowers in our garden at the time, so I don't know what was going on. But he continues to stare at these flowers. And then so finally, after about five more minutes, this is about 15 minutes now, in Main Street, looking at flowers in Disneyland that we just paid a fortune for, right? (laughs) I say, buddy, we got to go. And he says, no, Dad, we're here at Disneyland. He didn't want to leave Disneyland. Right, so he thought, said, buddy, there's so much more. So finally, I picked him up, and I remember picking him up and putting him on my shoulder and just hearing screams, no, Disneyland, right? And he was so upset, and I became that parent that you see in Disneyland, right, carrying the screaming kid, the kid's hitting me on the shoulders, right? I'm like, keep it calm, Justin, keep it calm, don't freak out, right? And that's usually at the end of the day when you see that happen. No, it's the beginning of the day, we're going into Disneyland. And I just remember going, This is crazy. What is this problem? But then I think about that with our lives. How many of you, how many of us, have put our trust in Jesus but are not living in the privileges of a believer? How many of us are staring at the flowers? Yeah, you accepted Jesus. You have a relationship with Christ, but you are not living life to the fullest. You are not living in your purpose. What we're doing here, folks, when we just pray the prayer or accept Jesus, that's amazing and don't get that wrong. What we're doing is we're just going to the entrance of Disneyland, we're just looking at the flowers. They're awesome. Nice flowers at Disneyland. But there's so much more. It's great you got in, but don't stop and stare at the flowers. You have, uh, don't stop and stare at the flowers for the rest of your life. To possess, to have life to the fullest, in order to do this, we need to have eternal life first. Second is this, to possess this fuller life, the believer must abide in Christ, For life to be abundant, it must have abundant resources. And the only unlimited resources for life are in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In John 15, verse 1, Jesus says that he is the true vine. Then down verse 4 and 5, Jesus continues with these words. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear the fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. To possess the fuller life, to experience life abundantly, we must abide in Christ. That means to remain, to stay to stay connected to the one who is the life giver. If you're not opening up your word, if you are not praying, if you're not continuously meeting with Christians, coming to church, if you're not serving, we'll get into that in a second, you're gonna miss this whole part about being connected to the Lord and staying in him. It's hard to know what God wants if you're not even paying attention to God. We need to remain and stay. The next point is this. Missed my my thing over here, but anyway, the next point is this. To have an abundant life, you must surrender your life. You must surrender your life, and I think this is the hardest one out of all of them. I know for me, this is the one where I get challenged on the most, most. To have the abundant life, you must surrender it. And the definition of surrender is to cease resistant to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. And I love this idea of surrendering, right? Surrendering is usually seen as weakness or even cowardly. But the things of God are different. Listen to Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In order to experience this abundant life, you need to surrender your life. What does that mean? You need to give your life to Christ, like we talked about, for eternity, right? But then you need to give up your will, you got to give up your wants, your desires. Things that might be good, but not things that God wants you to do. Well, how do I surrender my life? How do we do this? First, it's by faith. When we first come by faith, that's eternal life. Then it's realizing we have more than eternal life, that eternal life is just the beginning, right? And we get to experience the more when we by faith surrender control of our lives to Christ and his lordship in our lives, when we stop choosing what our flesh wants and we choose what he wants. Let's look at Romans. It says, do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin, instruments, and unrighteousness, but present, surrender yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Surrender your lives so that you can have, that you can be used as righteous instruments of God. When we surrender our lives, we get to experience what our lives are meant to be. We get to be the instruments that God wants to use and uses. Well, but Justin, I don't want to surrender my life. I know what's good for me. I've heard this question. I've, I've, I've heard that statement. Well, let's take a look at the beginning of John 10:10, 10, 10, and it says that the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. And I know when we read this, it's easy to want to make the thief in the passage Satan, okay? But That's not always the case. In John 10, Jesus is actually, remember, if we talk about the the context, he's talking to the Pharisees and the other Jewish religious leaders. And these men thought they knew everything about God and his will. But their own wills actually put God in a box and caused them to be their own thieves of their abundant life. Do you see that? They thought their will was best. They thought their will was holy but weren't actually following the will of God because it was their will and not his. Yes, Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy us, and the world wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but our lack of surrender to his will will cause us to kill, steal, and destroy our purpose and our abundant life. If you're not living an abundant life, you will soon surrender to the fleshly life around you. Let me make this clear. It's not multiple options. You're either living for the Lord or you're not. And even though you might be doing good things, if that's not God's will, you're not experiencing the best. For example, if you grew up on McDonald's cheeseburgers, Right? And you said, man, these things are delicious. I love McDonald's burgers. They're great. But you never had anything else to compare it to. You could say, wow, this is great. Why would I want anything else? But then one day, you smell and you taste that delicious In-N-Out burger, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And you realized, whoa, McDonald's isn't even a real hamburger, right? Compar- comparatively, right? You realize that this isn't right. I think this is what Christians are doing all the time. We think we know what's best. We think we know what God wants. And so we kind of do our own thing, but really we're not pursuing his will. And so we're not living the abundant life, but you think, oh, I have a good life. Why does it matter? Well, let me tell you, you might just be eating a McDonald's cheeseburger when you could be having In-N-Out, So why do Christians live beneath the honor of living the abundant life? It's a choice. We can surrender to God by faith and live the abundant life, or we can surrender to sin's temptations and endure the defeated life. Fourth is this. To experience abundant life, you must serve. The abundant life is a life of service. Romans 12 talks about this. as therefore, I urge you, brother, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living and holy sacrifices, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If we're to live abundantly, we must Serve the Lord. After all, his life is an example of obedient service all the way to the cross. And really, here's the reality. I had a pastor say this all the time. There is nothing greater than serving with your gifts. There is nothing greater than being used by God. And here at Cornerstone, our motto is that Jesus changes everything. And here's what's so great about that. Not only does he change everything, but he uses me, he uses you to do that as well. We get to see the changes in our own life, but we also get to experience the changes in others' lives. I think about the men I discipled in Turlock and watching them grow from Christians that knew Jesus to sold out people who, know, who are following them with all their heart. I think about high school students that I had from junior high and now are are juniors and seniors and their growth and the opportunity that I had to speak into them through God's word and to watch them go through up and down and now there's a specific one I'm thinking about in my mind but this kid just goes on campus and just wants to tell everyone about Jesus. I got to be a part of that, why? Because I allowed God to use my gifts. I allowed God to say, Justin, you need to do this and then I did it. I served. And here's the reality is that when we serve, when we take the opportunity to use our gifts, we get to experience the abundant life because we get to see God use our gifting. Folks, we can't miss out on that. Because again, you're just eating a McDonald's burger when you can be having that In-N-Out burger, right? Maybe you're thinking, Justin, I don't know where to serve. I don't know how to, to use my gifts, Tell you right now, come talk to me after. We'll talk about what you love, what you're passionate about. We'll get you somewhere. One thing, I, 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 one thing that just makes me so sad is Christians that are gifted in so many things and aren't using those giftings to bless the church, to bless themselves, to experience the abundant life. Come talk to me. love to get you connected. So first, to experience the abundant life, we need to give our lives to Jesus, then abide in Jesus, Surrender your wants and desires. And then again, four, we serve God with our gifts. So what should we expect when we live the abundant life? What's the outcome? Well, you become more mature in the things of the Lord. You understand his word and his direction even when things seem unclear. The abundant life is a mature life. Spiritual growth as a, as a Christian is a lot like our physical growth in maturing. There's a baby, and then you're a child, right? And then you're kind of a teenager, and then you get to these adult stages. So when we live in Christ and surrender our lives, our gifts and our talents, and all that we are, we mature. And in Galatians, Paul gives us insight into the characteristics of a person having the abundant life. He actually says this. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And the word Spirit here is actually a capital S, which means that these nine fruits are coming directly from the Holy Spirit and not us. So what this means is that God's love, peace, joy, and goodness, and faithfulness can start being transmitted into our personalities by the Holy Spirit when we are living the abundant life. That's a mature Christian. Think about the ramifications of this, that God the Father himself is allowing us to share in part of his divine nature by allowing his Holy Spirit to impact these nine divine qualities right into our soul and personality that is abundant living everyone is looking for love joy peace all of these things it is only going to happen in Jesus it is going only going to happen when you give up all of it you surrender to God and you pursue the abundant life that Jesus wants to give This is what happens when we are branches and we abide in Christ, the true vine. And when we are walking according to the spirit, we will be living an abundant life.